We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram, threads, Facebook at Trevor Lane NBA. We need to talk some Lakers basketball today. Thank you guys for joining me across platforms. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're a subscriber there. We are pushing towards half a million subscribers. Man, never would have imagined this when we started this whole journey years and years ago. But proud to say we're pushing towards half a million subscribers. Help us get there. Hit that subscribe button if you're not a subscriber already. And make sure you hit that like button as well. Over on the podcast side, we'd love to get a five-star rating and review. Over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So we've got a decent amount of stuff to talk about today. This will not be quite as long of a show as a regular podcast. We're not going a full hour on this one. Although, you know, to be fair... Sometimes I start a show, I set out and I say, I'm only going to go for maybe half an hour on this one. And next thing you know, you get me going on Lakers basketball winds up being a longer show than I, than I expected. But I don't believe that this is going to be quite as long as a regular show, but we do still have some news pieces that we need to get into some stuff. We need to talk about with Christian Wood, with Anthony Davis, with his motivation for wanting to bring Christian Wood to LA some signings. Yeah, that's right. Some signings for the Lakers that we need to get into Lots of stuff to talk about, and then we'll finish things off with the Lakers schedule and a real look at how difficult it actually is. I know we've broken it down a little bit, but I want to look at the actual air miles. I want to look at uh, the strength of schedule, all that kind of stuff, kind of digging a little bit deeper into what challenges the Lakers are going to face this season. But before we get to all of that, so now that we know Christian Wood is a Laker, the next big thing on the Lakers calendar, and really the, the last big thing before we get to training camp, it is Jared Vanderbilt. He is now officially extension eligible. So does a deal get done? Now, I've talked about this in the past. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over this again, but I think it behooves the Lakers to get a deal done. I think the modern NBA, the way the league has shifted, having cap space, yes, it provides flexibility, but the real flexibility, is when you have young players on valuable contracts long-term. That's where you can really make big moves. And I'm not saying that you should get Vando 
on an extension so that you can potentially trade him. No, that's not, it's not what you want to do, but it provides flexibility. The old way of thinking was if you have a bunch of players under contract, that limits your flexibility. That's the old way of thinking. And that if you have a roster that's just pure cap space, then you've got flexibility to do whatever you want. You can go, you can go sign three free agents and have them take their talents to South Beach, right? That's what you can do if you are in a position to get cap space like that. Or I suppose Dwayne Wade was already in town when the Miami Heat came together with their big three. But that model persisted for a while. Hey, clear a bunch of cap space and the stars will come. That's not what we're seeing in the NBA anymore. No, now we're seeing a league where players are being traded to teams. If you're a star player, what you do is you lock up the money now on an extension and you request a trade. Now, sometimes that goes smoother than others, right? Damian Lillard, as of this recording, is still with the Portland Trailblazers. James Harden, still with the Philadelphia 76ers. But nonetheless, the real way to have flexibility is to have a bunch of players that are quality pieces, that are on contracts that pay them somewhere between, uh, say, like 12 to 20 million, somewhere in that mid-range, so that you can offer those up in a trade, you can stack them up, you can combine them in order to make the money work to go get a star. At some point in the future, the Lakers will probably be looking to bring in another star. And so I, I'm saying all of this as a way to point out that signing Jared Vanderbilt to an extension does not limit the Lakers in terms of their future flexibility. No, I think it actually increases it on top of the fact that I think that Jared Vanderbilt's an extremely talented player that they should probably want to keep long-term. So if you can get him locked up on a long-term deal, I think the downside of limiting flexibility, that really only comes into play if he becomes a negative value on that contract. And given his trajectory, if he can even get his three-point percentage up just a little bit, as Sean Davis talks about, get his screen navigation a little bit better, his finishing at the rim just a little bit better. He's already a top-flight defensive player. He could be an extremely valuable piece moving forward for the Lakers, both on the floor, potentially on the trade market. But again, if I'm the Lakers, I get an extension done with Jared Vanderbilt within reason, of course, but with an eye towards keeping him long-term. But that is the next big story to look for in the coming weeks. Do the Lakers get an extension done with Jared Vanderbilt? All right, one of the things that I want to talk about here is the true value of Christian Wood with the Lakers. Now, obviously, this was the guy that everybody was hoping the Lakers would land. Based on what was out there on the center market, here we are in September, Christian Wood was very clearly the best player out there. Now, I said a few times, Bismack Biombo probably the better fit, right? Probably the easier fit because he's got that traditional rim-protecting skill set that we tend to think of with, with Biggs. Good rebounder, blocks a lot of shots at the rim. That's what he does, right? The more traditional style big man. Christian Wood, offensive-oriented, shoots the three a lot, can drive, attack off the dribble, that sort of stuff. Not the best defender, not the best rebounder, can occasionally block a shot. Not the traditional style center. So can be a little bit trickier trying to get him to fit. But you go way back. Feels like a lifetime ago at this point. Not really that long ago, but you go back to June. And when we were looking ahead to free agency, my list of the top center targets for the Lakers. The top three, top three, number three on the list was Christian Wood. It was not a very deep center class this year on the free agent market. That was a challenge for the Lakers. But number three on the list was Christian Wood. Number two was Brooke Lopez. And he was only number two because I believed it was very unlikely the Lakers were going to be able to get him. I just wanted him on the list still. 
Number one was Nas Reed because I thought a mid-level exception deal may actually get you Nas Reed. As it turned out, Brooke Lopez got $48 million on a deal. Nas Reed got $42 million on a deal, more than mid-level exception, more than the Lakers could have paid him. The Lakers got Christian Wood for the minimum. Think about that. $48 million for Brooke Lopez, $42 million for Nas Reed. The next guy on the list, the Lakers got for a little over $2 million. A fraction, a fraction of what it cost to get Brooke Lopez and get Nas Reed. Now, again, in a vacuum, throw the contracts out. I'd rather have Brooke Lopez. I'd rather have Nas Reed. I'm not debating that here. But I'm saying in terms of value, in terms of bang for your buck, my goodness, did the Lakers potentially get themselves a steal? Now, obviously, there's some complicating factors with Christian Wood. Can you make him fit? Is he going to do enough on the defensive end of the floor? Is he going to help you out there? What about on the boards? Is he going to be the kind of rebounder that you need? But he also checks a lot of boxes for this Lakers team, and the value is absolutely unreal. If he works and he can perform up to the talent level that we know he has, it's not easy. Not anybody can go put up 17-7 and seven in the NBA. It's not like you can say, oh, this guy's terrible, and yet he puts up those crazy stats. Now, you have to actually be good at basketball to put up those stats. Now, the question is, can you still fit with the roster, right? I mean, we've seen Russell Westbrook put up stats and not produce winning basketball. That's the question for Christian Wood here. Not saying he's the same as Westbrook, but the question marks are still, can you win with Christian Wood on the floor? Can he do the things that will help you win? And it's fair that that's still out there. But the risk is low, given the price tag. The talent level's high. It's worth the risk here for the Lakers. And again, I can't help but look at, at my center ranking. Hell, Miles Plumley was number four on the list. And he got five million. He got basically double what Christian Wood got. And I, I actually think that's a pretty good deal for Plumley for five million. The Lakers got an absolute steal. They got my number three ranked free agent center, and they got him for the veteran minimum. Unbelievable. If this works, if Darvin Ham can really make this work with Christian Wood. It could be one of the best contracts in the league. I need to see it, though, before I'm going to say that's what this is. We need to see it work first. But if this works, wow. Wow. Could be a hell of a bargain. Anthony Davis, meanwhile, I talked about Christian Wood checking a lot of boxes for the Lakers. Well, Anthony Davis, and this is no surprise to anybody that's been paying attention to AD, to what he's been wanting for, for years now. Anthony Davis specifically requested that the Lakers would add another big. In fact, according to ESPN's Dave McMenamin, sources told ESPN that Davis made it clear to the organization he wanted to have more support at center so he wouldn't have to play so much five during the regular season. Now, that fits in with everything that Rob Palenka was saying during Summer League about the center position. Now, he said a couple of things that really made our ears perk up, right? Number one was that Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis would play together, right? Would play together. And a lot of people took 
issue with that. Are you really going to play those two guys together? Look, Jackson Hayes had a couple of times where he shot decent from three on extremely low volume. Are we really going to trust that Jackson Hayes and AD on the floor together is going to work from an offensive perspective, from a floor spacing perspective? Maybe you can get away with it for stretches, certain matchups, things like that. But is that really like the long-term plan? Or was Rob Palenka hearing the concerns of Anthony Davis saying, hey, I don't want to play center all the time. And he's been consistent about that. And knowing that AD was going to need to sign an extension with the Lakers was Rob making that, that comment for Anthony Davis's ears to say, hey, we hear you, AD, and we got Jackson Hayes to help with that. And we're gonna, he's going to take some of those center minutes. I tend to think that that's probably where the truth lies there. May we still see Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis together? Sure. It, it could happen. But again, I'm not expecting to see it often. But nonetheless, Anthony Davis making it clear he doesn't want to have to play all of his minutes at center. Jackson Hayes, at the time, he was the only other big on the roster. So Rob Palenka made sure to throw it out there. Oh, yeah, AD, we hear you. Look, we got Jackson Hayes. He's going to take some of those minutes. And then... He made the comments that were clearly for the ears of Christian Wood, where he talked about how he wanted to bring in a different skill set for a third big. He wanted to bring in a skill set that the Lakers didn't have on the roster yet. Well, isn't that Christian Wood, who can shoot the three, who can do things off the dribble that Jackson Hayes can't do, who can shoot the ball in a way that Anthony Davis can't? Now, is Christian Wood a five? No, but he's another big that you can put on the floor. He's not a five in the traditional sense. I think you can play him at the five for certain stretches, but he's got the ability to shoot. And in certain matchups, sure, you could slot him in, nominally call him the five. It really depends on who's across the floor. If it's Jonas Valanciunas, Nikola Jokic, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Joel Embiid, any of the real big physical centers in the NBA, that's asking a lot to put Christian Wood on him. I've said it a bunch of times. Christian Wood is like 10 pounds heavier than Wenyan Gabriel, right? Anthony Davis has about 30 pounds on Christian Wood. So I, Christian Wood doesn't necessarily alleviate Anthony Davis's responsibility to defend the big physical bruising centers. But when those guys aren't on the floor, you could play AD and Christian Wood together and you can call Christian Wood the five. You can call him the five. You can have him defend whatever low impact center is on the floor and let AD chase whoever the four is. That's certainly an option. I don't blame Anthony Davis for not wanting to play all of his minutes at center for a couple of reasons. And, and I think it can help the Lakers. Here's what happens. When Anthony Davis is the center, beyond just the physical toll of playing the position, you're also, I compare it to the goalkeeper position in soccer. And that's what I played. Was I, was, I was a goalie in soccer. And part of your responsibility, beyond just keeping the ball from going in the net, one of your responsibilities is to talk constantly, to communicate with your team because you are the back line, which means you can see the whole field. You can see everything that's going on. That's not true of most of the other field players. The same concept applies to basketball. If you are the center, typically you're the last line of defense. You're expected to be the rim protector. You've got to call everything out. So that's Anthony Davis's responsibility to communicate on the back line. It's also his responsibility to be there to be the rim protector to be the guy that's anchored near the basket to make sure that anybody driving, he's there to contest the shot. But is that what he's best at? He's really good at it. 
There's no question. But where Anthony Davis truly just destroys worlds defensively, it's when he doesn't have to be tethered to a player hanging out near the basket. It's when Anthony Davis can leave that guy and can go play center field and he can use those pterodactyl wings that he calls arms, seven foot six wingspan, to do everything, to defend on the perimeter, to disrupt passing lanes, to become a weak side shot blocker. We saw this against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Lakers weren't as concerned with Jaron Jackson and his offensive output near the basket. So we saw Anthony Davis not always defend Jaron Jackson straight up. In fact, he was defending other players, which allowed him to, to play center field a bit more while other Lakers took on Jaron Jackson Jr. When Christian Wood is on the floor or Jackson Hayes, Anthony Davis is sort of unleashed defensively to, uh, to really let his versatility shine. So this really goes beyond just we want Anthony Davis to stay healthy, and that should still be priority one. If the physical toll, he's feeling it from playing the center position, you need him healthy if you're going to do anything in the postseason. So yeah, you should probably listen to his request to not always play the center. I think the Lakers are probably at their best when Anthony Davis is playing the center position. But if you can allow him to really be unleashed defensively by having another big to take care of some of the stuff at the rim, that could be very useful for certain stretches of the game for Anthony Davis, for his longevity, but I think it can also give your defense a very different look when AD is unleashed to fly around all over the court and doesn't have to stay with that typical bruising big around the rim. So stuff to consider here, stuff to watch for as the season uh, gets nearer, which by the way, it's coming up real fast, but this is something that Anthony Davis made clear in a year where he had some power because the Lakers wanted to sign him to an extension, he made it clear to the Lakers, look, I don't want to have to play the five all the time. The Lakers responded by getting Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes. We'll see if that's enough. I think it's enough with the exception of a certain matchups, of a few certain matchups. A few matchups will be tough to do it. But I think they can get away with it a lot more often than not with running Christian Wood out there, playing him nominally as the five, letting AD run free a bit more, especially if Darvin Ham can really get Christian Wood to buy in defensively, which brings us back to the point that we started off the show with the value of Christian Wood. A lot of it, that bang for your buck where it's really going to go to another level is if Darvin Ham gets Christian Wood to buy in and do all the little things that he's been criticized for not doing on other teams, but he seems very motivated, already taking shots at the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see if Christian Wood can prove everybody wrong now that he's in purple and gold. Um, we've got a few other things that we need to get into here. You know, the football season kicked off. We watched uh, we watched the Lions actually take down the Chiefs in the opener. So, the surprise, right? Travis Kelsey wasn't playing. Patrick Mahomes, man, his receivers couldn't seem to catch anything. But the Lions took down the Chiefs. Cool way to start the NFL season. It's a busy time of year. We've got the NBA season starting as well. But as I was watching that, as I was watching Patrick Mahomes throw to receivers that just kept dropping passes, putting the ball on the money, and his receivers just kept dropping passes, and you saw the frustration in Patrick Mahomes' face, I couldn't help but think, 
that's not going to be LeBron this year. That's not going to be LeBron. You know, there were there were times a couple seasons ago when LeBron, you could just tell by the expression on his face, he knew, he knew that his team just didn't have it. That if he threw the ball to the guy that was open, it's a good chance it wasn't going to work out. I'm talking about that first season that Russell Westbrook was in LA when the Lakers had all those veteran guys that were way past their prime and it just it was a disaster. Called it a miserable season. Seeing that look on Patrick Mahomes' face, it was an instant connection for me looking at this Lakers roster. And again, I've said it a bunch. You don't win championships on paper. You don't know for sure how things are going to play out. But on paper, looking at this team, these guys can get it done. These guys can get it done. LeBron throws that ball to Austin, to Rui, to D'Lo, to a lot of other guys. I think good things are going to happen. I think good things are going to happen. I don't think we're going to see that frustration. I think the Lakers have an extremely deep team that's prepared to handle the rigors of a very difficult schedule. And I'm going to get in, into the schedule in just a moment. Quick note, though, the Lakers did actually sign four players. Four players they signed when it released a, a press release. Kind of came from out of nowhere, but they signed uh, Vincent Valerio Badon, Damian Bow, Bryce Hamilton, Scotty Pippen Jr. Scotty Pippen Jr., our old friend, of course, was on a two-way contract with the Lakers this past year. Um, according to Dan, Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times, these are Exhibit 10 contracts. What this means, these are guys being brought in for training camp. They are training camp players. They're going to get cut. The Exhibit 10 deal, what it does is it sort of funnels them to the South Bay Lakers. So the way it works is an Exhibit 10 contract. If the player gets cut, which is essentially if you get a guy in Exhibit 10, unless they do something tremendous, um, they are going to get cut. right? The Exhibit 10 earmarks them to be cut. And then what happens is as long as they go to the G League team, in this case, the South Bay Lakers, and they stay there for a set period of time. The Under the old CBA, it was three months. I'm not 100% sure what it is on the new CBA, but you go stay with the G League team for a set period of time, and you get money. You get a bonus. Again, old CBA, I believe it was 50000 I believe that number has gone up, though. The goal for this, for the NBA, was to try to stop these players from going overseas. Guys who aren't quite good enough to be on an NBA team, but you will really want to keep these guys in your system because you feel like maybe there's a chance they develop into somebody that you could call up at some point down the road. And so you want to keep them in there in your system. And so in order to persuade them to not go take money overseas, you give them an exhibit 10 contract, which allows you to provide them with a bonus for staying with your G league club. And that is a way that you keep them in your system and you get them more money than a standard G League contract would offer. So assuming Dan Wojcicki is correct, and he typically is, that these are Exhibit 10 contracts, all of these players, they are all earmarked to be cut at the end of training camp. The Lakers, I do not believe, are going to fill that 15th and final roster spot. They're going to leave it open for the buyout market. They're going to leave it open for flexibility on the trade market. These players will all be cut, and they will wind up with the South Bay Lakers. All right. We're going to pause for just a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Factor. You know, this is a very busy time of year. The NBA season is going to be starting up. I don't have much time to cook, but with Factor, 
I don't need to worry about it. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help you fill up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You save time, you eat well, stay on track. The healthy lifestyle, certainly something that I can use and I'm so looking forward to getting on the factor plan. If you are simply too busy to cook, which is, again, the situation that I find myself in frequently, especially during the Lakers season, Factor allows you to skip the trip to the grocery store, the chopping, the prepping, the cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back to what it is that you want to do. For me, of course, that's Lakers basketball. So you can adjust to the busy NBA schedule without skipping a beat. Choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals ready to eat in two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash LakersNation50 and use code LakersNation50 to get 50% off. That's code LakersNation50 at factormeals.com slash LakersNation50. Go get that 50% off. Let's talk about the schedule. So I've already done a full schedule breakdown. I've already taken a look at uh, game by game. We've gone through the whole thing. It's it's tough to start the season. You've got a really tough finish uh, in March and into April as well. To a degree, every schedule in the Western Conference is going to be difficult. But uh, over at Positive Residual, who does a fantastic job breaking down the entire schedule, they put some numbers to They quantify some of the challenges that the Lakers are going to face this season. So let's take a look here. Uh, the Lakers, in terms of strength of schedule, YouTube viewers can see this on the screen. According to Positive Residual, the Lakers have the fifth most difficult strength of schedule. Now, obviously, that will change as teams play games, right? If we find out that a team that we thought was going to be bad ends up being really good, that's going to change the strength of schedule. And the inverse is also true. If a team we thought was going to be really good ends up being really bad, ends up being an easy gimme win, strength of schedule will change. So, But this is going into the season. The Lakers have the fifth most difficult strength of schedule. The only teams with more difficult schedules than the Lakers, it's the San Antonio Spurs, the Houston Rockets, the Sacramento Kings, and the Detroit Pistons. Now, of those teams, three of those four teams we would consider not being very good, not being playoff teams, right? Detroit, Houston, San Antonio. Why would that make sense? Well, because if you're a really good team, your strength of schedule should be a little bit easier because you don't have to play yourself. If you're a really good team, you don't have to play yourself, and so you are, you're not on your schedule as an opponent, whereas for somebody like San Antonio they don't get the benefit of playing against themselves, right? Um, but they do have to play all the teams that are better than them. So that can sometimes skew strength of schedule a little bit, but we look who has the easiest strength of schedule in the NBA. That's the Denver Nuggets. Again, I think part of that is the effect where they're seen as the top team. And so that's how get, that gets calculated. They don't have to play themselves. That's going to lower your strength of schedule a little bit. But then Utah, Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee. No surprise that it's a lot of Eastern Conference teams. In the East, they've got some teams that are a bit easier to beat up on. The West, 
just about every schedule is going to look difficult. But nonetheless, even in the West, the Lakers were the fifth most difficult strength of schedule. Not ideal. Not ideal to see there at all. Um, furthermore, the rest advantage. Rest advantage means your opponent played the night before and you did not. That's when you've got a rest advantage. So your opponent is on the second night of a back-to-back. You are not. The Lakers have just three teams in the league that have fewer rest advantages than they do. They have seven rest advantages on the season. That's it. Not ideal. Only the Pistons, the Warriors, and the Rockets have fewer games where they are the fresh team playing against a team that's on the second night of a back-to-back. The team that has the most rest advantages. I'm annoyed. It's the Celtics. 16. Are you kidding me? 16 rest advantage games for the Celtics. Where they're playing a tired opponent and the Celtics are fresh. That's annoying. And the Lakers, again, only three teams in the entire league have fewer rest advantages than the Lakers. Flip that, the Lakers are one of the highest teams in the league in rest disadvantage. Rest disadvantage, meaning they play the second night of a back-to-back against a team that is fresh. In the NBA, there is one team that is at a disadvantage 13 times. That's the Orlando Magic. The Lakers are at a rest disadvantage 12 times. There are five other teams that are also at a rest disadvantage 12 times. The Raptors, the Kings, the Thunder, the Grizzlies, and the Nets. Again, though, the Lakers in the bottom third of the NBA in rest disadvantage, the bottom, what, 10% of the league in rest advantages. Their strength of schedule is difficult. Back-to-backs. They have the highest in the league. Now, they're not the only ones. 15 back-to-back games. 15. There are a number of other teams that have 15. Everybody has either 13, 14, or 15, but the Lakers got 15 back-to-backs. Unlucky there. Back-to-backs with the team with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis. See, all of this is why, and I've been talking about this, it's so important that the Lakers have the depth that they do. When you add all of this up, you add up the rest disadvantages that they've got. You add up the strength of schedule. The Lakers are going to need that depth. They're going to need it because they need quality players to turn to on those random Wednesdays in January and February when the team's exhausted, when LeBron needs a night off, and you still have to somehow figure out a way to get a win in the Western Conference. I've talked about how difficult it's going to be and how tight I think The standings are going to be all season long. You have to be able to find a way to win regardless. And this is why the Lakers putting together the roster that they did with the depth that they've got is going to be so important. Fingers crossed. Hopefully all these guys really pay off and they play to the level that we know that they can because they're going to need them. They're going to need, look, we've, I've seen the the conversation going around on social media. I even talked about this, uh, I believe on yesterday's show that it's a good problem that Darvin Ham has where he's got more players that are rotation quality players that deserve minutes than he has minutes to give out. 
It's a problem, but it's a good problem to have. As the season goes on, though, and guys pick up injuries and guys need nights off, that depth is going to be necessary. It's going to be a requirement for this Lakers team. Some of the other teams that aren't quite so deep in the Western Conference that also struggle with all the back-to-back games, the Clippers being one. Paul George is already complaining about miles traveled. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sacramento, if those teams don't have the depth the Lakers do, that's going to be an advantage for LA because this is going to be a grind. It's going to be who can survive this season. This is why I talked about on yesterday's show. I don't have the Lakers going for 60 wins. I don't have the Lakers going for 55 wins. And that's not me saying I don't believe in this Lakers team. I think the Western Conference is going to be a gauntlet. And I look at the Lakers schedule and I see these things. I see the way statistically it all lines up. I think they're going to have to scrap and claw and fight throughout the season. Every game is going to matter. The game's in October. The game's in November. Doesn't matter. Game's in January, February. Does not matter where the game falls. The game is important to the standings. It's going to be. This isn't the type of conference where you can just kick it in post-trade deadline and you're good. The Lakers did it last year. I wouldn't count on that being an option again this year. Miles traveled. Well, look at that. Still in the bottom third of the league in miles traveled, but they've got a number of teams that have it worse in terms of how far they have to travel. Now, obviously, geography plays a big role here. If you're near the middle of the country, all right, your miles traveled may not be quite so bad. If you're on the coast, yeah, that, that can make a difference, right? Portland's miles traveled, usually high. Minnesota, right? Minnesota doesn't have a lot, especially since they're in the Western Conference, which maybe when the league expands, they won't be anymore because they are pretty far east when you look at Minnesota to be in the Western Conference. But nonetheless, the Clippers, the highest miles traveled by far, by far. And that is even with two of their road games being at home. Two of their road games are against the Lakers and they're played at home and their miles traveled are still more than anybody else. I can see why Paul George would be complaining about that. Brooklyn, then Denver, then Minnesota, Sacramento, Portland, the Pelicans, Miami, and then our Lakers. The fewest miles traveled, Indiana. Doesn't have to travel very far. Toronto, Detroit, all these Eastern teams where the teams are are pretty close together. Washington, Milwaukee was in there. Charlotte, yep, still going with the East teams. Atlanta, Philly. Finally, we get to Utah. Miles traveled. Look, miles traveled matters. The amount of time you spend on a plane, it's just more it's putting on your body. It's not being at home, not being re- not resting, not getting treatment, doing all the kind of stuff that you need to do. So the Lakers, again, they don't have as bad as the Clippers in terms of miles, miles traveled, but what all this adds up to is the schedule's not kind to the Lakers. They're traveling a lot. They've got a ton of back-to-backs. They're at a rest disadvantage almost more than anybody else in the NBA. They have very few rest advantages. Yeah, I think come... January, February, that depth the Lakers have, it's going to be tested. It's going to be tested, and that's where having all of these wings, Cam Reddish, Torian Prince, Rui, Vando, LeBron's obviously in that mix, bringing in Christian Wood, having the guard depth they do, this is all going to matter. It's all going to be very important for the Lakers if they're going to get 
to where they want to go this season. All right, everybody. I did say it was going to be a bit of a shorter show, so I'm going to wrap things up here. But thank you guys for joining me. If you're over on the YouTube channel, again, hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. And then on the podcast side, if you wouldn't mind, give us that five-star rating and review. Do appreciate everybody for watching the show. By the way, by the, by the time you guys see this or listen to this, most likely Team USA has already played. Fingers crossed, hopefully. Austin Reeves and Team USA got the win over Germany. That game taking place 540 Pacific time. Friday morning podcast will be out a little bit before that. So I guess it's possible you're listening to this before the game, but most likely it's coming after the game. So fingers crossed, hopefully. Austin and the guys got the job done. But thank you, everybody, for joining the show. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.